In some of the final hours of his life on earth before his crucifixion, Jesus spoke some words in the Gospel according to John in chapter 14 that are beautiful and comforting. Words that he said to his closest followers in those agony-ridden hours that inspire some of our most beloved hymns that form the basis of some of our most treasured scriptural memory work. Words that can bring great comfort to us in times of uncertainty or at the bedside of a loved one who's about to pass. In John chapter 14, beginning with the first verse, Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is a beloved passage, yet that translation of it that I just read to you out of the English Standard Version is one that I've actually heard as a source of irritation among some of my especially older brothers and sisters. And maybe even you gritted your teeth a little as you heard me read it, because this, as many, if not most, modern English translations do, records Jesus as saying, in my Father's house are many rooms. Now, maybe you've mostly grown up reading from newer translations of the Bible, so you don't bat an eye at that. But if you, like me, grew up reading the beloved King James Version, or one of its offshoots, you might have a different phrase in mind when you hear Jesus start that sentence. In my Father's house are many mansions, right? Is that what you've heard before too? There's a lot of older hymns that lift from that King James Version wording from 400 years ago and incorporate it into singing about that hope that we have of heaven. So for some of my brothers and sisters, that idea that Jesus has gone to prepare a room for us is borderline offensive. It's minimizing what Jesus has gone to do by taking what we've always grown up hearing would be a mansion and making it little more than a room. Now, I don't have the credentials to really uh, speak from an authoritative standpoint as to the issues with the Greek language that leads modern translators to feel that room is the better translation there. If that's something you're interested in, you can certainly dig deeper, and your study Bible may even have notes along those lines as to why people that know the languages feel that room is the superior translation from what a lot of us grew up with in the King James Version. But no, instead of getting into all of that, what I would rather talk about 
is a shift in our thinking about heaven, as it were, that getting upset about that reveals. You see, I find that when we get upset, even borderline offended about implying that Jesus has only prepared a room for us, when really he's prepared a mansion for us, it betrays something about just where we're placing our hope. Because you see, when you go back to what Jesus actually said there, the hope doesn't lie in the size or the quality of what he's preparing for us. It lies in the fact that we have a place to come where we get to be with him. Look at John 14 again and see how much that is Jesus' focus, that he's going to come so that we can be with him. Rather than being offended that modern translations say we have a room rather than a mansion, we should be overjoyed that Jesus says we have a place in God's house, a place to call home, a place where we get to live with him forever. That's not always how we think about heaven. We get so caught up on the more poetic description of golden streets and crystal seas. So many of our hymns are inspired by that apocalyptic, prophetic imagery that we almost take a materialistic view to heaven and miss the fact that the reason that heaven will surely be worth it all, the reason that heaven is so beautiful is because God's there. And our hope is not for a mansion. Our hope is to be able to live in God's presence forever. That's what makes life beautiful. And that is really the hope of Scripture. It's the hope that we see beginning from humanity's first sin when we are separated from being able to live each day in God's presence, that God is going to work out a way that we can be in his presence again. It's the hope that we see people all throughout Scripture looking towards when the New Testament letter to the Hebrews in chapter 11 is reciting all of these great examples of people with faith, people that were imperfect but were loyal to God, all on their way to ultimately that day that we now get to see, where Jesus has come, and we get to see how God's plan was completely worked out. But in their days, as they would live for God, but then face death, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13 says to us, these all died in faith not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. If they'd been thinking of that land from which they'd gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is heavenly. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. 
You see, that hope, that hope underlying all of Scripture, that hope that Jesus has now made possible by his coming, that hope that we await for when Jesus comes again, and the dead in Christ rise, and he judges the world in righteousness, and all that is sinful and all that is corruptible in this world burns away, and God receives his kingdom and gets to be all in all. The real hope there is for being in God's presence. That's what's going to make heaven wonderful. That's going to be the source of peace and joy and comfort. That is what's going to make life eternal because we are there with him as he intended when he first created us, as Jesus came and died and was buried and rose again so that we might have an opportunity to participate. In Jesus' darkest hours, he spoke comfort to his Father. God has a place for us. Jesus has gone to prepare it, and that, getting to be close to God because of Jesus, that Christian is our hope.